0: Shafee, Shafee, are you there?
1: I was. I was. It's not
0: Tarzana. It's Topanga.
2: (laughs) Night falls once again. Over Austin, Texas, the birds from Bill's Bird Feeder are hurrying home to huddle around their imaginary radios to listen as a family unit to another exciting episode of One Magical Hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. Here I am in my ivy-covered castle behind my slightly dusty, slightly dust-covered mic, awaiting my good friend, you know him, you love him, the pride of Topanga, California, his name's Matthew Rampy. you out there Matthew?
0: podcast a long way podcast a long way we've laid a lot of tape today podcast a long way podcast a long way and barely kept our fears at bay (laughs) that was for that was for our good buddy jameson drizzle
2: james recording 500 hours today he uh he loves michelle shocked that yeah particularly that one song one magical nation. Uh, it's it's one of the only songs that Jameson knows how to play the, the, uh, on the guitar. So anytime we're in a group gathered around the fire, <laughs> drinking beers and singing songs, he's got to good I would say that there has to be a one performance of that song, but it really ends up being more like five or six performances <laughs> if it's a good party.
1: <laughs>
2: well, Matthew, I,
0: I enjoy it every time. Thanks again, Jameson for coming on the cast.
2: Yeah, was a, that was a wonderful episode. Thank you so much. And uh, welcome to any, uh, any new listeners in the Texas Tech theater and dance department who might be listening, listen, get at us. Let Guns us know up, if you're the out end. there. We suffer, we definitely have a lot of love both for the arts of theater and dance and for the Texas Tech University because of our uh, our background in Lubbock, Texas. Uh Matthew, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to take another moment to uh play in your space as it were. I've got a uh, I've got a song parody for you. Oh. Um it's something that pops into my head every night or most nights as I'm going to sleep because, you know, my back porch looks out at Bill the landlord's back porch and my my bedroom is the is the room with the porch door. So when Bill the landlord the light on his porch kind of shines through, you know, around the edges of my mini blinds. And every night Bill's very much a, you know, you know, um, a man of how he's retired and he's very much a man of habit. And he comes out at the end at the very end of his day. He turns that back porch light off and it always happens. And it'll be between five or ten minutes after midnight to one a.m. You know, it'll be about the time that he. oh He stays uh, up late. Goes to, yeah he does he's a bit of a bit of a night owl like myself a night owl. And so Hello, night owls
0: just a couple of owls bird together
2: <laughs> Here in the ivory covered cave, I don't have a lot of clocks so I don't always know exactly what time it is but if I come in and the lights off on Bill's Bill the landlord's porch then I know I know that it's after midnight and uh, and I always <laughs> this this song always pops into my head. After midnight, Bill's gonna turn his porch light off. After midnight, are gonna turn that porch light off? And uh, also, I also like to imagine that, uh, like when it's time to go to bed, Bill walks through his house towards the back and he's like. After midnight, I'm going to turn that porch light off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just a couple of bird watchers parodying songs together. Nothing to see here.
2: Doing a, see, that's one of those, you know,
0: you, you asked me about, um, well, there was a bonus song parody last time. Um, I, I did a little Joni Mitchell in respect to Daft Punk. Don't it always seem to go that you you don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah, yeah. And the robots self-destruct when they old. But uh, you were you said, oh, you were just inspired, and I started to talk about that thing that we were talking about. But you were also looking up the Kitchen Club, and so we like got off topic. And I, when I listen back to the podcast, I hear a lot of frayed ends where we start a topic and then <laughs> and then we don't finish it. Like I didn't I didn't finish telling you how Joni Mitchell came to be part of my Daft Punk eulogy and but what I want to say is much like what you're talking about it was a really organic parody it just it seemed it was a song that was in the right place in my head at the right time it it seemed to map itself on the situation just like that Clapton song with you and Bill and that light and right around after midnight (laughs) Um, I'm going to make a more concerted effort to finish my thoughts here on the podcast. Um, I I think, you know, we could all do that. We could, that's part of communication in life. Sometimes in our greater study of communication, sometimes with my partner, for instance, Amy, will either of us will either start something and not finish it or... Or you start something in the middle of something that you are thinking about, right? And here on the podcast, I'd like to do beginning, middle, and end of thought.
2: <laughs> Obviously, that's that's the ideal. That is that is what we're, what we're all shooting for in human communication, isn't it? We yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes we get there, and sometimes we don't. So, just to wrap
0: up the Joni Mitchell and Daft Punk thing. As I was sitting there writing my eulogy the other day, it, it, that's, that song, don't it always seem to go, you know, like that song is so appropriate for so many times in your life. You just, you, you, you don't, you don't appreciate something until it's gone, you know.
2: Yeah. And such, such a beautiful song, too, right? It's, and then I guess it's, I, it's,
0: Go ahead
2: it's always just great when a song you know is has a beautiful melody and is you know perfectly executed and has you know kind of a timeless Feel. uh timeless yeah. message to it yeah. you know and th- those things all add up to you know the the best possible songs uh, those are the greatest songs though that do map themselves
0: on your life from time to time right yeah shared experience and universal experience i also like the Janet Jackson's sampling of that track.
2: Do you I, uh, I don't.
0: Janet Jackson sampled that Joni Mitchell track on one of her tracks it Was so good. Uh, we'll put it on our face. I was thinking,
2: I was thinking more about the music of Daft Punk and we got about, we got into this a little bit talking about, you know, how they're, they weren't necessarily the most groundbreaking edm band ever but they they managed to take electronic music and you know kind of package it for the masses in a certain way mm-hmm. um but there's something more to it than me they're i feel like their songs have kind of narrative structure to them and almost like like we're t- like a beginning, a middle, and an end in a way that's not an easy thing to do in an instrumental, right? And I think maybe that that might that that might just go some length to explain their accessibility. Well, you let know, me, they s- let
0: me suggest this. My highest aspiration for electronica music is it's that it's that ability to take a computer and take a machine and get some soul out of it. You know, it's just, it begins, like, I didn't even talk about on that final album, there's Giorgio Moroder, who was an Italian guy who was also a real pioneer of electronic music. And he's featured on one of the tracks and he, he does this whole like monologue at the first of it. And he talks about like, who just did the click and put the click on the track and being able to take all this, this virtual insanity, this, you know, technology and, and, and make something that's really soulful and touches people. Like, I think that's part of what they did as well. And then they played with that, with the uh, robot mystique. And also, did you notice how many times I said mystiques and mistakers in the last episode, I want to start a new secret segment, uh, where we just try to say the names of past episodes in our episodes. (laughs)
2: I think there's so many there's so many old episode episode titles that make me smile, which is obviously you know obviously they're jokes that I write to myself, you know. So if they didn't make me smile, that would be a big well, problem. And, but and some uh, of them I, have quite I, mystique.
0: Some of them are uh, puzzling, like the the uh, some the you bean know bean dad of frozen yogurt locked up the bean.
2: Dad. <laughs> Uh, You know, also locked up in these titles is the mystique of our mysterious fandom in India. You know, there's uh, all of those, those Jack Sparrow spikes are correspond, you know, those those are driven by our Indian listeners. So there's something that the, the Indian subcontinent is starved for information about Captain Jack Sparrow, either the character or the house. We're not sure which. Uh, Speaking of which, do you think maybe it's time for another Jack Sparrow title just to see if we see what happens, (laughs) see if we get another pop? Um, Maybe it is. What if you just
0: put Sparrow in the title?
2: Interesting you should say that because I have a poet friend, very interesting, eccentric, older poet from back in New York, whose name is Sparrow. And I was actually rolling in my rolling it over in my head today how to like because it would be fun to have Sparrow on as a guest and I was sort of rolling it over in my head how we could tie it all in with this with this Jack Sparrow thing so uh, let's 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 follow up put that put that uh, on the back burner as they say in the uh, corporate world and we'll uh, but we'll that'll be a that's good forward promo for some mysterious things that might be happening in the future.
0: Here's what I think. I think that you're in charge of the titles. And I don't think that, that playing games with the download numbers should enter into it. All, But that being said, there's a caveat. I'm okay with you using the name of a celebrity. But maybe like, we should give it some more time before we say Jack Sparrow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> But Jack Sparrow—he's the only one that works. I mean, it's like there, de- one magical nation. There are three major spikes in the last uh, six or so weeks of podcasting, and they all—they all coincide exactly with a Jack Sparrow-titled episode. So uh, let, us, let us know what you think when about I, that. When I think of that, Teddy... I
0: think of a bunch of disappointed people who wanted to know something about either <laughs> Captain Jack Sparrow, the Disney okay. character, or the golfer Jack Sparrow. And they, they get a little ways into our thing, and they're like, what is this?
2: <laughs> OK, I mean, that's I think that's a legitimate concern. Are we disappointing people? But the fact that it doesn't happen for other celebrities makes me wonder if, you know, it, it, I feel like there's more to it than that. This is a great, great mystery, right, folks. Right. Well, I, I, very, <clears throat> very curious thing. I, I,
0: you're the, uh, you're the Sherlock and I'm the, what was Sherlock's buddy?
2: Watson. I'm the Watson
0: here. So, uh, whatever you say, Sherlock, you know, if we need to, if we need to explore yeah, I, this I, further, you again, I really think you, again, that here's our... the bottom line. We have a division of labor. You are the titles guy you're the yeah. writer i mean not not of song I, parodies, uh, but of everything else
2: <laughs> right i uh i'm not going to uh tell you how to write right. your song parody i might occasionally try my hand at it myself but i certainly I, as i certainly wouldn't mind if you suggested a uh, suggested a possible yeah, title sure. to me sure. you know. and yeah i definitely i eschew i uh i eschew that any he ain't going to do it any dynamic in which it suggested that one of us is the other sidekick. I don't think that that's oh God, the way no, it goes don't Oh,
0: by the way, did you I, uh... read that Apple podcast review?
2: I really enjoyed them.
0: But, but one of them was kind of a, either sort of a dig at us individually or.
2: Yeah, the, that's, that was my favorite one. That's, that's, that's how I like to imagine us, honestly. As, uh,
0: divided um, we fall. It's you just funny that
2: uh, I'm trying to pull it up here.
0: No, me too. Boy, who's better with their phone? <laughs> I've always conceived of you being better with your phone than me. Here it is. Here we go. <clears throat> here we go. This is from February 10th, 2021. The author is V, capital V, Po. P-O. It's two, two words, V and then a Po. And the title is these guys get it five stars maybe not individually but together yeah these guys they get it so far <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah i love that, I yeah, that they're brilliant. you know <laughs> this is like the opposite
0: of of choo-choo you know if you if anybody remembers choo-choo yeah. th- this is i i like to think that vipo listen to my advice of like, you don't have to get all wordy and
2: eloquent with your review. All you have to do is hit five stars <laughs> and then say some shit. Uh, And I think, you know, it, 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 she, he, or, he or she does not say that we don't get it individually. They say, she said maybe not individually, but together, which, you know, that's that's kind of why if if one of us... We're able to do this by ourselves, I suppose we would have already, you know. Or I don't think that it's not possible for either of us to do this by ourselves, First of all, I, I believe that one hundred. Well, that's
0: not a conversation.
2: And that's
0: uh, a, just a monologue. <laughs> nobody, it's a nobody monologue.
2: Listen,
0: who wants to listen to a podcast and I like with that, one person?
2: I like that if you post not afraid to suggest. To keep on your toes, you know. Don't don't sleep. So far. You're doing good. Vipo, Keep, here's the thing you know. is that
0: Vipo doesn't know us individually. That Vipo, I assume unless it's somebody we actually know, only knows us as a dynamic duo. Maybe we could do some breakout rooms, do some one-on-ones, do some hometown dates. <laughs> get to know us individually. Get to know me. Get to know my likes, get to know my preferences, get to know what I don't like. Get to know me.
2: I do see a time in the in the post pandemic world when we do do some kind of live show or
0: yeah, oh, I had a dream about it. I had Uh, a dream. We were doing a live show. Oh, yeah, really exciting. And and there were some it wasn't well attended. Um, And there was you know, how there's always really random people in your dreams. You know, who was a huge fan of us in our live show in my dream? Um, Bob from Bob's garage from Shit's Creek. You know that guy? <laughs> <laughs> he really likes us.
2: Excellent. <laughs> mm. Garage owners love us.
0: I'm always having dreams. And there'll be somebody in the cast that is like somebody I worked with 15 years ago, you know what I mean? <clears throat> you know, a, a a friend or acquaintance that you knew for a time in your life. And then you haven't seen them in a million years. And then they're just like a character are one of the characters in your dream. Like what? what's up with that Svelina. Get at us. Okay. I'm, we're wasting time. We got stuff on the show sheet. Oh, I want to forward promo something. I don't have this set up for tonight, but <clears throat> if you remember episode 27, the travel episode for all you completionists, uh, we talked to Andrew Porter, one of Schaefer's old buddies from in New York City by way of Houston. And I was I stopped by the bar the other day um, to check on things at the front page. And that these guys, uh, and of course, Andrew and, and, and Schaefer are our business partners at the front page. And there was this framed photo there. Of the two of these guys – well, first, uh, Porter made mention of it. Hey, I'm going to hang – and he called it two guys, one outfit. I'm going to hang two guys, one outfit over the fire extinguisher over there. And I was like, what is he talking – two guys, one outfit? Is that a two girls, one cup reference? I don't – what's going on? And (laughs) I look – I walk over. He points at the the, – the picture isn't up yet. It was just, uh, sitting on the, what do you call that thing at the edge of the bar where people there's, there's like around the wall, there's a place where you can set drinks and it was,
2: they call it, was, it a standing a standing
0: bar. bar behind the station where the guys hang out the right where you come in the kitchen and there was the picture. And I go over there and I look at it and it's, it's Schaefer and Porter. And um, a younger version of each, I think that picture is like, what, 11 years old or something? 12 years old? Yeah. They were both wearing all white athletic wear, tennis wear. And there's a whole backstory to this photo that I'm going to, I'm going to get Andrew Porter on here. If it's okay with you to talk about (laughs) two guys, one outfit. I thought they had been playing tennis together? It, that's not what happened. So um that's something to look forward to. This is episode 75. Have we, I, you know what? I, I want us to make a concerted effort to always say the t- episode number right at the first. I, I need to say think we need to say it right yeah. after the song parody. Welcome to episode 75. Um so look for look forward to that maybe episode 76. I don't know if we've got anybody lined up for the weekend, but we might be able to do that. So but you never know. You never know because I, uh, the hairbrushing song keeps getting pushed off and pushed off, so who knows.
2: I put the I put the photograph in question on our Facebook page. Okay. So.
0: Boy, that's really selling the sizzle.
2: You can uh you can take a look at that and uh and get the story behind it coming soon to a podcast near you. It's right there in your iPhone. It's in your pocket now. <laughs> there it is.
0: Okay. I have been, I told you I didn't have anything to talk about. And I've talked for like 35 minutes. Um, What's going on with you? Where are we here?
2: Uh, We wanted to say sorry about the episode 74. We had a a little bit of a wayward uh, song in there. I don't know how many of you caught that. Uh, It might not have been very many because I posted it late on tuesday night i guess and we changed it out early wednesday morning maybe it was wednesday and thursday but uh sometimes you know when we're we've got our other lives going on we're doing the audio uh the various magic that mostly matthew does uh some things will sneak on what what matthew thinks happened is he accidentally imported the two copies when, like you're, when you're when you're editing
0: anything, there's the sequencer, right? Which is just like a visual representation yeah. of the track. And I, I do recall like dragging the song into the sequencer and then feeling like it didn't show up. I, also, I here's what happened: it was late. It was I was working on it late at night, and I then I dragged the song again and put it at the end where it belongs. But another copy of it had had shown up right at the first of the show over everything else. So sorry about that, folks. Also, um, you know, uh, I, we should listen back to that mp3 before we post it. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're doing a poor yeah. job of QAing our work. Uh, or I, I am doing a poor job of QAing my work, but
2: I'll work on it. Sorry that's what that, That's what the one magical universe is oh, for. Yeah. Uh, so thanks to uh super fan adam for hitting us up adam got at us and uh miss ferguson uh hit us up about it too that's so that's so adam was so kind uh hello friends
0: um your podcast is jacked um you might want to the latest episode
2: and they both they both just powered powered through it so
0: well i hope i would say both of them get. well i hope they go back and let Get gold stars. I hope they go back history. and listen to that first four minutes that was sullied.
2: I think a lot of people will tell you that the, the the intro and the song parody are, you know, the cast really goes down. You I mean, Yeah, it's that's the
0: best part. <laughs> you got to start strong. You got to start with your best stuff. People are going to get busy. They're going to have diarrhea and not be able to finish the show. Um, so, question. You can take your iPhone into the into the bed. That's true. What do we... <laughs> diarrhea has never stopped me from my favorite podcast. Um, what are we doing here? Are we doing FF or Q from J? Uh, both. Let's start with a Q from okay. J. You got a oh, beat yeah, for me, I my do. friend. And I just want to let everybody know that I'm always pretending that the beat is signature. <laughs> and... It's really not, it's really just, I pick a beat for each show. I feel like the beat is mind bending, just like a cue from the J.
2: We had a, we had a conversation about the robot in pre-production. As we know, Alex Battles loves the robot. I particularly like this beat, beat today. It's a good good one for Q from Jay cuz the honorable Jeff T Jackson is an electronic music fan.
0: I love that guy. Go on. I'm ready for my mind. Oh, I'm ready for my fragile mind to be shattered into a million pieces. Hit me.
2: Hmm, here's one that kind of kind of kicks back to our early co- earlier conversation today. Jeff, uh, the Honorable Jeff T, would like to know what makes a great storyteller. Is storytelling still relevant? Re- re- relevant in light of all accessible media? I tell you that the answer to the question, second question is yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, that's easy. You could expound, but. <laughs>
2: Storytelling might be problematic. Now people are not as good at telling stories because of the way media works these days with your man, you know, what frustrates me is the listicle. You know what a listicle is?
0: And I'm equally frustrated.
2: It's an, (laughs) it's an article. That's just a list of things. And it's just, it's, it's the laziest the laziest possible kind of journalism. Now wait, people can and, say that about you know, a lot of
0: our segments.
2: Yeah. All right. All right. But okay. We're not
0: claiming to be journalists okay. here.
2: So. I'm, yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sometimes
0: I'm like, "Shafi, I'm going to give you a quiz. And what I've done is just made a list and asked him to
2: go. I was just going to say the, the quizzes are definitely <laughs> our version of, of lazy listicles. <laughs> Well, Definitely. sometimes you need some filler, uh, I'll, I'll give you that
0: even in a magical hour. You <laughs> and... need some
2: filler. But yes, I, you know, I think that that's a problem. And it's because, you know, people are just trying to drive clicks, you know, and man, there's nothing I have gotten to where, you know, I just, there are certain headlines that I will not click on. Because I know, even though that it sounds like something very interesting to me, Usually it's sci-fi oriented. Like the, the 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 headline will be like, "These are the ten most underrated sci-fi movies in the history." You know, something like that. And I'm like, "Ugh, I want to know. I want to enter into this argument so much, but I know that this is not my know,
0: favorite. Are just my favorite. Is just not... fear mongering."
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. a huge problem, it's too, like, of course, these
0: five products will give you cancer. I'm like what? Tell me.
2: <laughs> what makes a great storyteller is how he rev- how he words the question. But I guess, you know, you might also want to, you know, go into what makes a great story. You know, a great storyteller is someone who recognizes the beginning, middle and end, and of a story, you know, and I think, you know, a great storyteller has a great voice and has a certain cadence to their speaking. And, you know, they, and a a way of putting things too, sure, a way of composing sentences that are uh, interesting. You know, if you're really good at composing (laughs) sentences, the sentence can be, you know, art unto itself, uh that actually goes back to a email from my dad uh talking about uh talking about something that had to do with this podcast but i can't remember now what it was i think he was reading a larry mcmurtry book uh dad has a funny relationship with marcel proust um because uh his professor at harvard one of his professors at harvard uh, felt like every, you know, every educated person should have read Proust and dad tried it a number of times. I think he made it through the first book, which is an achievement unto itself, but, uh, it's definitely a time. And Larry McMurtry has a similar relationship with Proust. Uh, there, there was a time when creating the sentence was an art form unto itself. And your your sentence was an art, and your paragraph was was an art, and was art, and the you know, and then the story as a whole. Of course, a novel is art too. But uh, I think yeah, storytelling. Is, I mean, this is gonna sound maybe a little a little trite or a little uh, tongue in cheek, but you know, story storytelling starts with words, you know, and your ability to put those words together and understand the nuances of words and you know, and then after that, you know, something has to happen in your story.
0: It's funny how you and I pronounce things differently. There was fecund and, um, I would say Proust, but I mean, I'm, I'm consistently wrong in my pronunciations, except, except with shot <laughs> so that was, that one went to me. Yeah. Um, did, wait, I don't want to step on your answer. Have you answered the Q from the J?
2: I think yeah, more more or less have I you know, obviously, this is something that I could run my mouth about all night long,
0: you don't have to if you have anything else to say, enter it into the record now.
2: They do say one of the one of the few things that I kept with me from my college education was an essay I read in a mass communications class about the crisis in movie narrative and uh, once i learned that a narrative in crisis was possible i saw narratives in crisis almost anywhere i looked and uh something that uh maybe might leap out to you fans of this podcast i think the uh the beverly hills chihuahua <laughs> was a narrative right. in crisis right <laughs> But yeah, so that's it. Just goes to show, and that that essay was written, you know, in the late '80s, so forty years ago now. You know, uh, this is not a new idea. You know, I think it's kind of one of those things where, yeah, everybody's, you know, in a, the older generation, always always be like, uh, you know, things don't even make any sense anymore. I don't know, you know. I don't know what's going on when I when I read, you know, the newspaper, or when I look at them, watch a movie. Um, so, but, but, you know, narratives do they persist. And, you, you know, you'll, you'll still see some good ones. There'll still be good books. There'll still be good movies. Don't worry. I just we'll come up with different ways to tell them. These important stories, these stories that make us as as homo sapiens who we are
0: well and that's a good segue into what i want to say um what's the first part is what makes a good storyteller i would say yes experience somebody who doesn't
2: there you go there are all
0: those technical aspects of it that you mentioned crafting the sentence using the words correctly the art of making a paragraph and the greater extended art of creating a novel. There's, there are all those things, but before that, you have to have the experience to draw from to, for there to be some authenticity to your story. In terms of storytelling being the way that we, as homo sapiens, would pass on information from generation to generation, you didn't have the younger generation passing on information to the geezers, right? In, in in our past and in our history and in our, in our connection to nature, it was a reverence for the ancestor and for, and I'm not making a case for any sort of conservatism, but it was, it was passing down knowledge from generation to generation. And, um, I think what makes a great storyteller is somebody who's, who's experienced something. Like, you can spot a fake and a narrative and crisis when it's completely fabricated, right? But somebody telling you a personal account of something, and I think that's why we've gravitated towards reality television and, and cinema verite, and it's like, there's a documentary feel to a lot of things that we consume and that are entertainment. And, and that, that gives it a, that gives it a, an immediacy that it's, it's harder in a fiction to do. Right. So that's what I think makes good storytelling. Part, part B of this is, is storytelling still relevant in the way that media is consumed? Is that what it was today?
2: Yeah. Yes. Um, is storytelling still relevant in light of all yeah, accessible I mean, media? I
0: think that it's being eroded. I've said this before when Twitter came out, I thought how ridiculous such a this is the dumbing down of things to have a character limit on a thought. And then it took hold like wildfire and became the way that the leader of the free world spoke to people i couldn't believe it and the the loss the loss of any sort of long form thing and the proliferation of media and the simulacrum and how it's it just goes on and on It, it it's there's a shallowness to narrative because we just need so much and and there's maybe not the importance placed upon a story as there once were. So. Jiminy Christmas, a cue from a J will warp your head, Matt.
1: Yeah.
2: They'll get yeah. you every time, won't they? Start Thanks so much, Jay, for that cue. Uh, if any, if any of you out there in uh, the one magical universe would like to respond, by all means, get at us. Uh, we would appreciate it. Uh, how do we feel like we're what doing we on, on time? World, what are we doing? I mean, we're just we're just M- Matthew? up
0: here. Why don't we? Why don't we do just a hard? All right.
2: Ferguson files. Sweet. Y'all ready for this? if you think that QAnon dude is kind of a toolbox but you still and always will love Art Bell if you've noticed that the phrase open sesame shares a word with the name of a street where strange creatures mysteriously come alive to sing and dance and you want to know what's up with that if you've once told your monkey to do the dog but you went and did the cat instead he's a weird monkey then maybe you should take a peek inside the Ferguson files. Thank you so much, Ms. Ferguson, for keeping a close, a close eye on the weird, keeping the finger on the pulse, of the strange things going on, on, this, on the face of this globe we call Earth. She forwarded us a story from uh, Caitlin Schneider, about a white house, uh, sorry, a, not a white house, a lighthouse, a lighthouse off the coast of Scotland. In December 1900, a boat called the Hesperus set sail for Island Moor. It's one of the seven islands known as the Seven Hunters of the Flannan Isles off the coast of northwestern Scotland. A J- Captain James Harvey was tasked with the Delivering a relief lighthouse keeper as part of the regular rotation, so they kept three three lighthouse keepers on here at all the time. There was there's the guy who was kind of in charge, and uh, his assistant, and then one kind of rotating rotating lighthouse keeper that would come out, and the three of them it was supporting some really bad weather up here in the uh, in 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 northern Scotland it was important that somebody always be manning the lighthouse, which was why it was weird when he showed up at Island Moor and found that all three of these men had disappeared and were nowhere to be found. Uh, The Island was known for its peculiar peculiarities. Uh, The, uh, the Scottish people, suggested that it might be touched with the paranormal. Uh, it had it had a way of uh, eliciting fear. And uh, there was a chapel on there where, and they kind of said, apparently, even if you weren't a religious person, by the time you got out to this chapel and experienced the strange, the strange vibrations of Island Moor, you got on your knees and prayed. No matter who you, who you were and apparently That's how a lot of people feel was when a they superstition that... <laughs> an indefinable aura that could not be ignored so investigating they find no no sign of the three men in the newly constructed white house inside the kitchen table contained plates of lighthouse? meat potatoes and pickles lighthouse yeah. The clock was stopped. There was an overturned cha- chair. All these are all clues, folks. The lamp was ready for lighting, and two of the three raincoats were gone. So one one of these men left without his raincoat, as if in some sort some sort of hurry. And uh, and and that's it. They went down. They couldn't find these guys anywhere. Now they did go down to the pier and, uh, there was some strange, there were strange notes about severe winds, but there were no, there was no indication of a storm anywhere, but they did go down to the pier and they found, you know, ropes and cables tossed about, you know, and, and there was, there was a high water mark there, which, you know, indicated that somehow water had gone two hundred feet above sea level down by this pier, and that was it. so you know the only the best they can do for an explanation was there was what what they would call a, a rogue sea uh, just a, a rogue wave came 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 ripping through here, but it still it doesn 't quite explain why all three of them went down. that was a pretty severe breach of protocol. So I think you know something must have frightened them, to where they all went down together. And that wouldn't be just oh you know there's a big wave coming in, you know there must have been something else driving all so three of these men easy, down right? to that pier. I mean, this is obvious, uh, you They've know putting. Right. The,
0: it's the Kraken.
2: The and you yeah. know I was going you know it, I, I thought maybe you know there was a. What up to my mind was Godzilla, Vigera. but of course that's not the right, right. this isn't Godzilla's neighborhood. The uh Krakenwood, yeah, it would be the, the Scottish Godzilla. I suppose I you're think, right. Uh, yeah. Not
0: Godzilla's neighborhood would be a fine show title.
2: <laughs> not in Godzilla's neighborhood. Anyway, very spooky story, delightful story. And uh and that's the best we can do. Uh if you like I'll uh, I'll post this up on the uh, on the Facebook page so you can see the whole story. Thank you so much, Miss Ferguson, for another great edition of the Ferguson Files. And I'll uh, I'll keep working on that introduction. I don't feel like I I quite did it well, justice. We'll keep
0: working on everything here, right? There was there was your po- something to, to look, look forward to, your to Vortex Vortex poem?
2: yeah you know I don't know i I kind of took yeah, you perfect. sort of told me, that, me that don't don't
0: do, yeah no. that it
2: was done it was i kind of took took your word on that it is. i don't it's really hard for me not to touch poems, you know like six months down the road, I might decide, mm-hmm. oh that's not the perfect image or that's not the perfect word I don't feel like uh. I've I've even, I've edited poems that were long published, but, you know, this poem appeared in a journal and it appeared in my book and I'm still going to edit, you know, I still it might occur to me to edit it, you know, I'm always tinkering. <clears throat> Speaking of poets, we lost the uh, great, great beatnik poet Lawrence Ferlinghetti at the age of 101. Congratulations. Well sir. done, Mr. Lawrence. That, uh... That is very impressive. Uh, great poet, and so I thought, you know, I maybe next time I'll talk to you a little more about his life. It was definitely an interesting one, but I just wanted to, to read one of his poems uh, in in mem- in memoriam. So here is a far rockaway of the heart, number two. Driving a cardboard automobile without a license. At the turn of the century, my father ran into my mother on a fun ride at Coney Island, having spied each other eating in a French boarding house nearby, and having decided right there and then that she was for him entirely. He followed her into the playland of that evening, where the headlong meeting of their ephemeral flesh on wheels hurtled them forever together. And now I sit in the back seat of their eternity reaching out to embrace them. Oh, that's beautiful. And here we will sit in our eternities, Mr. Ferlinghetti reaching back to embrace you. Thank you for all the great poems. Here, here.
0: huzzah. I think that that brings us to the close of one magical hour. I mean, how can we top that?
2: Thank you. Uh, Thank you for another you, great sister. episode, Matthew. And thank you, One Magical Universe. Thank you, Sister Gracie. Thank you, Sister Holly. Thank you, Holly in Chicago. Thanks, Mrs. Ferguson. Thanks to my pops. Thanks to each and every one thank of you. you. We love you all. Thanks to VPO, new reviewer. Good night, Mrs. Calabash, Lovely review. wherever you are. And uh, and thank you to that other person who who left the left a good review too. Uh, Who's name? It'll I can't take recall. Us too long
0: to find it on our
2: phones. And and we won't we won't we won't suffer you through another futzing around with our phone. <laughs> Till next time, folks. The, the poor are the, the choices. Wine.
0: And We love you.
1: To go bar to be riding in an old car, grooving on the back beat to the speakers in the back seat. Wildflowers in the grass lie among the hills that we pass by. And I'm digging on a horn line that takes me back to the old times. Wasn't that a gig, man? Going with the big band, riffing on the horn. My good boy, always happy and you employed. Didn't want no sick days. smack now